Welcome to the Emily Adams Show. I am a mom of two amazing boys, life coach, speaker, writer, powerlifter, and obsessed with all things personal development. Each week, I will be bringing you an inspirational guest or a burst of inspiration that you need to help inspire you to take action in your life. Each episode is designed to give you the tools, ideas, and inspiration you need to support you as you find your own happiness and your life purpose. Welcome to another episode of the Emily Adams Show. Today we have Stacy, who is a former special needs nurse, nutritionist, recovering perfectionist. Her passion for helping others stems from her own personal journey of overcoming a ton of self-doubt and insecurities within herself that held her back and led to a history of disordered eating, perfectionism, and lack of identity. After a huge wake-up call personally, Stacy decided to make a change and, o- and over time has grown into a successful coach, entrepreneur, and wife. She at- attributes this to dropping her ego, doing the inner work, and finding purpose and meaning in her life through helping others using the lessons she has learned. Stacy is widely known for her work assisting women overcoming struggles with body images and leading them down a transformational journey of self-discovery to inspire them to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life they are totally obsessed with. She does this through providing them tips and tactics for them to live from within through their intuition instead of always seeking external validation. She believes that we all have the ability to evolve beyond limits by forgiving who we are, embracing who we are, and never putting limits on who we might become. Stacy is also the creator of Especially For You, which is a fitness community for special needs. Her husband and her are on a mission to make fitness easily accessible to every special needs child and adults. Welcome, Stacy. How are Thank you today? You. I am great. How are you? I am good. I'm so excited to have you on the show today to talk. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> First off, I just want to say I love what you do and I love your message and I want you just to talk all about it and lead the conversation. Thank you. Um, oh gosh. Okay. So I was born on August 22nd, 1988. Um, no, I'm just kidding, but it does kind of start there, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> With everything that we go through. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. So what do we, what do you want to know? Let's see. Let's talk about, um, your journey through like what led you to, cause I know you used to do a little bit of maybe CrossFit. Where are you at now? Um, let's maybe talk a little bit more about body image. Cause I think it's so important. Yeah. So that's like something that's super on my heart right now. Um, so I would love to talk about that and Um, my journey, as far as that goes is I've always been really into fitness. It's just always kind of been like a piece of me, um, grew up playing sports, all that good stuff. Even after I stopped playing sports, I always worked out, but I was like that person that could work out at home without anybody to like a DVD. Like I didn't necessarily need like this community. Right. Um, and then I found CrossFit, um, when we moved, 
probably about four years ago. Um, and it was actually the first thing that my husband and I could enjoy together. So I think that that was like a really special thing for us. Cause he like, he ran track for and cross country and stuff like that for college. But after that, he kind of fell off and never really had like this, like passion for something. So, um, we got really into that. Um, I would say that, and, and, and then I ended up injured, uh, which happens, uh, not, not because of CrossFit. It's usually because you have some underlying issue and it brings it out. It's not that it's the actual sport itself that necessarily injures you. So, um, I ended up with that, had to take a step back, really focus on what did I want to be doing? Um, so I thought, so I went to and did started doing some like lifting and things like that. That's really when my injury happened is when I started to get into nutrition, which is funny because my husband had to like beg me to start this like nutrition thing with him. Cause in my head I ate fine. Right. I was like, I'm fine. Like that's how everybody feels. Like I eat fine. Um, and it was when that happened, when I really wasn't able to put in the work in the gym that I had been used to putting in, that um, I saw the power that nutrition has, right? So they always say things like, abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym, and da, da, da. Uh, and then that really could not be more accurate. Like, nutrition is such a huge piece of that. And what I started to see was, yes, I felt better um, internally, but what was so addicting was what was happening externally, like how my body was changing. Um, I always had like bigger hips, like, I don't know, people say some of the weirdest stuff, but like, I've had people say like, oh, you have like childbearing hips or like something. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I've been told that a few times okay. too. So we could be the thick thigh, big hip girl club if we want to be. Yeah. Right. So I never really took it as like an insult, but I was just kind of, I started to see everything, like all of my clothes were getting loose, like parts of me, my hips were, and like my mom even said, I didn't, I never thought that like that part of you could get smaller and it just keeps getting smaller. So this is where things started to spiral because when you start down this type of journey, um, especially when people are focusing on their nutrition and their bodies are changing, well, then all of a sudden people become, you become obsessed with your body, but it's, it is other people also become obsessed with your body and they're, they're applauding you for these things that are changing. Right. And so you start to identify with that um, really hardcore. So that went from um, like the challenge that I was doing. And then I went and invested in a one-on-one -on -one coach because then I got to this point where I was like, I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing, but I'm just not sure. And what I can see now is that I have completely lost all trust in my intuitive part of me of as far as eating goes like I had to have somebody externally telling me what to do or else I didn't feel as if I was in control like I was like I have no idea what to do unless somebody else is telling me what to do um and when I started that and I started like 
counting macros and all of that. Well, then things even more drastically started to change um, as far as my body composition. And I think over the course of about a year, yeah, I had lost 22 pounds. Okay, for reference point, when I started, I was 144 pounds. So like 22 pounds off of my five foot five muscular body is it's a, it's a lot. lot. Like it's a lot. It, it's a lot. So at some point, that was bound to kick me in the ass, right? But <laughs> I hope I, I, we did talk. I can swear. So um, <laughs> yes, yeah. So which is good because I, I do swear. So I said that happened. Um, and it, but it was at that point, again, I didn't, I'm being applauded for this. Like I'm doing amazing. Um, you look so great. Like, look at your six pack. Like this is like it's validation. So, yeah. Like so much validation for everything that I'm doing. So I'm like, okay, it's normal that I have to bring my own healthy cake to a party because I feel like it's normal that I have to plan out every single thing that I'm going to eat in the day um, and make sure that I wait enough time in between that I don't feel like I'm starving at the end of the night. Um, it's normal that I leave my nephew's birthday party because I scheduled a workout and if I don't get it in, who knows what's gonna happen. Like these things became normal for me. It's normal for me to be to, for my friend, like to me be, for me to be scared to have somebody else make my food because I don't know how it's made. Like those things became a normal part of my life. Um, which is, which is scary because this is like where I, we have to know the difference between a healthy habit and an obsession. And it's when it starts interfering with your quality of life that it has crossed that line. But when you're in the middle of it and when people, because people in our society, they applaud and encourage disordered eating. Like yes. that is disordered eating. And it was, I never, um, I never like resonated with uh, eating disorder or anything like that. Like I was like, no, like I'm fine. But again, I'm sitting here at 122 pounds, scared of food, scared of different things, terrified of being hungry, being too full, gaining a pound, like focused on the scale. Like those are all things that are not actually normal. Um, and so, but through all of that, I was a nurse and I was like, oh my gosh, like I see the power that nutrition has again in, in the midst of it. I don't know that there's something wrong. <laughs> so all I can see is the positives and I'm like, well, I should help other people do this because I am good at it. Like, obviously I've seen results. Um, I could do this. And I was like, as a nurse, sometimes you're, you're stuck pick, picking up the pieces, I guess you could say of the damage that has already been done. Right. So I was like, well, I could go into this and help people get healthy. And so they don't ever need the nurse side of me. So I started, um, so that's when I started doing coaching. And again, I was, I was good at it. I helped a lot of people, um, taught them how to count macros, ended up making a business out of it, quitting my full-time 
nursing career. I started working alongside of a gym um, as their like I was the nutrition piece of the of the gym. So it was just like all these things. But then, um, then things like the I started. I would waver between 122 and 100. I think my lightest was 122 pounds. And anything above 125 would throw me into like a frenzy. So if I would get on the scale in the morning and I was 125 or higher, like I would question everything that I was doing. I no longer, I wasn't confident in who I was that day. Like there was a lot of issues as far as that went. Um, but your body can only handle under eating and being unhealthy for so long, right? So the more I started to learn about hormones and nutrition, and like I gathered a lot of inspiration from different people and I'm like listening to different things and I'm like, Ooh, I'll never forget. I was sitting at my kitchen counter and like one, I had decided to come off of birth control because I had struggled with sex drive for like a long time. And I was just like, never knowing the, imp like the implications that birth control can have on that. But in my head, it, that's all it was. It was like, oh, okay, well, I'm on birth control. Once I come off, I'll be fine. Um, not understanding that also, that's a huge like red flag when you're under eating and your body's unhealthy. Like it's not going to be like, Hey, big boy, come get me. It's like, stay away from me. I can barely take care of myself. Don't put a child in me. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. So I'll never forget. I was like, I, I stopped taking birth control and my period didn't come back. Um, which I knew was a possibility, but the last time I came off birth control, cause there's one other time before that I did and it came right back. And so it was just like, Hmm, like what's going on. And, but I was sitting at my kitchen counter and I was like, I am, I have the body that people want. Like they aspire to have, I get complimented on it constantly. I'm successfully running two businesses. I, I, I quit my nursing career in order to like work from home. Um, I have this amazing house. We live on the lake, like all these things. And I'm like, I am fucking miserable. Like what is going on? And it was at that moment that I realized that there was just like something so much deeper wrong. And, and I don't think that it all happened like right at that moment, but that was definitely the turning point for me because I remember putting all of my clients on a no scale July. So this must've been like June that this happened. I and I was that. like, Hey, we're not like, nobody's going to step on the scale for a month because in my heart, I knew I was not eating enough food. I knew that I was like obsessing over this thing. And so it really wasn't for them. It was more for me, but I knew that, but I could also see these things in other people. Right. Right. Because as a coach, it's so easy to be like, Oh, this is what's going on where I was like, but I was crumbling on the inside. Yes. <laughs> like, and so that's why coaches need coaches, um, which is what I ended up doing. I ended up hiring a mentor, which I also, she was also a coach because for me, it was like, oh, this has to be nutrition related because like my weight started to creep up slowly. My period still had not come back after a few months. Like, so I was like, well, there's something going on here. Um, and so I ended up hiring a coach and she, 
she was amazing. She helped me see a lot of different things. She was definitely like a, um, a point on this journey. But at the end of the day, like I always, I, I still continued to count macros, but I was like, well, I'm just going to keep increasing my food. <laughs> like, and I'm going to keep trying this and this and this. And, um, I can't, I wish I could tell you that there was like a day that I woke up and was like, you know, everything's fixed or like whatever yeah. it was, um, or that I realized what was going on, but it really was just like day after day. I was, I tried, um, I remember last summer I tried to like intuitively eat and it was, it was a disaster, like total disaster. I felt it was over our, our like staycation that we do every year. And I was like, at the end of, I, I was, I felt terrible about myself. I felt terrible about how my body looked. I felt it was stopping me from having fun um, because of all of these things. And so I was like, you know what? It's okay for me to have to count macros for the rest of my life. Like that's what my thought process was. And in my head, like we're really good at manipulating facts to make them fit. Yes, <laughs> we, yes we are. <laughs> so I was like, it's okay that like, if this one thing makes me feel like I have this, this control over the rest of my life, then that's okay for me to have to do that. So I went back and started, you know, tracking again, did some different things. And it wasn't until I realized that, um, in that, that's not okay. Um, if you feel as if you have to have that much control over your life or else you're spiraling out of control and everything, um, again, there is some deeper work that needs to be done. And it wasn't until I completely, like I, there's pictures, I smashed my scale. Um, I <laughs> got rid of it completely, told myself I was not stepping on it because what I was going to start doing was focusing on how I felt. And what feel? my body needed. Yes. Um, and how I could become like healthy again. Now we're 12, 12 to 15 months after, um, I had stopped birth control and I still didn't have a period. And that's like this huge red flag that your system, like your body, it's our fifth vital sign, um, for women. So if your body is unhealthy, it stops our reproductive function. And so it's a huge sign that there's, there's still things going on. Like we're totally out of balance. And so, but in my head, I was doing enough, right? Like I had stopped CrossFit. So I wasn't taxing my body in that way. I had, I'm, I'm eating like more, I'm gaining weight. Like I, at this point, I've probably gained all of it back, 20 pounds at least. So I'm it's sitting in the like the mid 140s. Um, and so I just kept telling myself, like, I've had to have done enough at this point. And yet my body was telling me something different, right? Like, it's like, no girl, <laughs> we still don't have our period back. So like, you haven't done enough. You have to stop trying to control everything. Um, it's okay for you to need to gain weight. Like it's okay for you to, to do all these things. And I had to give myself permission to heal, um, internally and externally. And that was like, that's a hard process. Um, I don't you, know what 
do you feel that internally healing is harder than externally he healing? Uh, 100%, which is why most people aren't going to do it. Because it's hard work, right? Mm. It's so hard because you have to come face to face with your demons. You have to come face to face with the things that you're using to control your life. Um, and that don't really matter. <laughs> uh, but, but it's, it's, yeah, it's so much easier to be like, well, if I just lose the 10 pounds or if I just look this way, or if I have this much money, um, that's when I'll be happy. Like it's a lot easier to keep holding on to those external things than it is to be like, no, something's actually broken in my soul that I need to fix. Um, and I have lost who I am completely. I don't even know who I am as a person because I've taken on all these labels and all these different things. And like trying to break that down is really, really hard. <laughs> it is. And I think that we are, as a society and whole, we are so caught up on labels and, you know, like going back to, if I just drop this 10 pounds or if I just get into this size, or if I just uh, nail that job that I want, no, it doesn't, you're not going to find it there. And I think that's very important. What were, what do you think was some of the things that kind of helped you during this time, as far as like, getting out of that mindset. If I get this, then I'm going to feel this a certain way. Like what were some things that helped you get out of that? Well, I think that, um, part of it is I had lived my whole life on, um, seeking the next thing, like what's the next accomplishment? Um, what's the next thing that I can do? And it was kind of like, I realized actually one of the big things that happened is I took a mecation, which I know you've done. Yes. I uh, highly suggest for everybody. And it was funny because I, I didn't go far. I went like two hours away, uh, <laughs> two and a half hours. But I was like, I'm going to go stay on my husband's parents' boat in like West Michigan. And I'm going to stay there for a few days. And Andrew, my husband's like, if you just wanted to take a vacation by yourself, you can just say so. I was like, no, I just feel like I'm lost right now. Like I feel lost. I don't know. Um, and I, I was still feeling that like I felt trapped in my own house. Like I just felt like all these different things. And so I took this vacation, and I will never forget. I was, I actually have the sign sitting right here. I was in this store and I saw this sign and it said, happiness is homemade. And I was like, Oh, I really like that. Like, you know, when you just like resonate with certain things, I was like, Oh, I really like that. Um, which I had always known that, but something that I'm learning is that like, you can say all the right things, but until you feel something, it just, it's not going to change your life. Like you think it should. So I saw that sign, didn't buy it. And I remember it was right before our like anniversary and, and maybe it was, it was our 10 year. So I told my husband, I was like, I, I was having like this great time. I was doing all this reading and like journaling and diving into all these things and being by myself, whatever, having a glass of wine, um, walking the beach, all these things. And so I like called my, I text my husband. I was like, Hey, you should like come up here instead of me coming home. You should come stay a couple days with me because like, this is amazing. We can celebrate our anniversary. And he was like, 
oh yeah, like this is the answer I get. Oh yeah, question mark. And I'm like, yeah. And then long story short, it gets to like, he didn't want to because he was expecting me to come home and he wanted to spend like a nice weekend at his house. Um, and for him, he was like, I have to get out of work. I have to go find some place to take the dogs. Like this just does not sound like relaxing to me at all. And in my mind, I was like, that son of a bitch can't like, he's ruining my time here because like, and he doesn't want to spend time with me. And like, so you know how we do, we do that. Yes. <laughs> and so like, I totally blamed him for like, I was like, how dare he take this amazing time that I'm having? Oh, and I was reading the surrender experiment, which if you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever read that, it's like so good. Um, I would say that's a big part of my journey, but, but, um, so I was like so angry. So we went to bed. Like, uh, I was like, we ended up hanging up with each other. I was like, fine, I'll come home. Like you suck. Um, and <laughs> the next morning I woke up and I went to this little coffee shop and I was journaling and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I had to call him and apologize because I'm like, that was so unfair. But what I realized is that I had built a life that I was trying to escape from. And my home had become my prison. Um, which sounds like, I don't know, I mean, we don't have kids, but like that, that was like, but like the work I was doing and what I would like, how much I was pushing and pushing and pushing to like build this business and all of these things. And so my house was no longer like a sanctuary for me. It was a, like I said, it was kind of like this prison. And so, it was in that moment and of, so I would say reading, journaling, <laughs> meditating, all of those things have helped me through a lot of this. But um, it was in that moment that I was like, happiness is homegrown. So like you choose to, um, whether or not you're happy in a situation, so much of it is about perspective. And I was like, I should be so grateful for the fact that I have, I get to work from home. I get to look out at this beautiful lake every day from my office. I get like, what am I complaining about? But again, I had built up all of these, like almost these expectations and these, these different things. And I have, I created this prison of mine by not having any fun, always trying to control everything, always trying to be, make everything perfect that I no longer wanted to be there. Like, and I couldn't relax or just be me if I was in that space. Um, Makes total sense. Makes total yeah, sense. Yeah. Like, so I went back and bought the sign. <laughs> and now it sits here. <laughs> good reminder. Good reminder. Mm -hmm. So I, I love everything you shared. One of the things that I kind of want to hit on before we run out of time for this is they, especially for you, tell us a little bit about it, how you got involved, because I think it's such an incredible thing for all the special needs and, you know, just to give them the opportunity, because like I have seen so many incredible children who have special needs who have got into lifting and they are like freaking strong. Mm -hmm. They're so strong and they're amazing when they're doing this. Like it just blows my mind. So how did you so get cool. involved in this? So especially for you came from, um, so I was a special needs nurse and I worked in the special needs, um, community, which it's funny because growing up, 
and like this is part of our mission is to like bridge the gap between the general public and the special needs community because I will I'm the first one to say I used to be terrified of special needs of anybody with special needs like not maybe not anybody but like it was not I was totally out of my comfort zone so I would not put myself out there and they they scared me more than anything and so that's something that I I know other people have to struggle with um and so that's part of like what we're trying to do as well but what I saw is I was with my, my, um, with the girl that I had worked with and I watched her go from high school to post high and her and all of her friends for years. Um, and when they get into like in high school, they're at least forced to move a little bit, like, because they have gym class and like, you're kind of forced into doing it. When they got into these post high, it's not that the teachers didn't want to, nor did like, but they only had like an hour per week to get them to move. And then the rest of it is, you know, like it's all based on learning and all these different things. So, it, and then they had things like Special Olympics, which were amazing. Um, but it's, there's so many special needs athletes who, if they're not with one, per, like with somebody, they don't know what to do and so they stand there and that's not exactly doing what we're trying to get them get it to do either right so i was actually reading i'll never forget i was reading the book grit um and i don't know if you've ever read it but good book uh, i love to read if you haven't noticed lots of things come from me reading and um so and i was like oh my gosh i ran downstairs and my husband hates this which is something that i'm working through he hates when I come to him with ideas like first thing in the morning. Um, he's not a morning person. I, I've been up for like four hours. And by the time he wakes up, I want to share with him everything I've learned in the last four hours. Um, he's not into it. So I walked downstairs. I had my robe on. I was like, Andrew, Andrew. I was like, yeah, I have an idea. And I like adjust my robe. And he was like, oh yeah. Okay. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like fitness for special needs. And he's like, not where I thought we were going. Okay, let's talk this through. Like, and so it really, <laughs> I was inspired um, there. And then it was like, so we just, I was like, I'm just going to start this. Um, and we called it especially for you. And what we started doing was putting on like, we started putting on clinics once a month we were partnering with crossfit gyms and so every special needs athlete would have their own volunteer so they had like one-on-one -on -one, and we would have like an hour thing once a month and it was super fun um but what i recognized was it wasn't doing what i wanted it to do it was more or less it was it was a fun activity for them but it wasn't doing like what you and i know moving our bodies on a consistent basis does right mm -hmm. And our four pillars were like community, nutrition, fitness, and confidence. Like those were the things that we were trying to like instill in every one of these workshops. So then with the gym that I had partnered with, I started doing a class there where they would come once a week um, and once or twice, maybe it was twice a week. And that is where we saw like the really positive improvements because they're like the, it was only three or four so the impact is amount of of athletes was less but the impact was way greater 
And then um, once we stopped working with the gym, I was just doing the same thing out of my home. So twice a week. And we would have the parents come in, they would do coffee and connection, which was really special because they like so often they like one of the parents told me like, this is the only time I get to talk to other adults. And I would just kind of send them inside and know that I could handle my three athletes and we would work out for 45 minutes and to watch them just grow was so fun. And so we realized that like, that's what we have to do is, but I can only do so much. Right. Yes. So one person can only do so much. Um, and even if I was running classes all day, every day, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to make that big of an impact. So right now we're actually in the midst of um, trying to get partner with some gyms in order to offer, especially for you, fitness classes for special needs. And that's really where that came from. And what we're striving to do is, um, like I said, really just make fitness easily accessible. So the parents of special needs, like our special needs athletes are some of the most committed people I have ever met. They're amazing. And like, if they had the opportunity, they would utilize that. And so what we're trying to do is find ways to fund the programs, help with the education of the coaches, um, give them proper, um, some different equipment and different things that that's what they need to be able to offer these classes to more so they can hop online and hopefully within 20 minutes, they'll be able to find some place that offers something like this. So, yeah. So you're taking the fitness part of it online as well for them to be able to do it at home. Well, so, uh, no, my, my thing is like, have a map where they can actually go. Oh, okay. One thing we did actually try that. Um, the problem was that you're almost asking the caregivers to do even Jeez. more. Yeah. And they already have so much on their plates that that really, we, we went there and the impact could possibly be bigger. But again, it's that community feel and that like one-on-one -on -one to one to three ratio where the special needs athlete feels like they have individualized attention that's where the magic happened. So yes. that's what we're really trying to, trying to do there. Yeah. That, that's incredible. I love just like how you work with them. I think it takes so much patience. And as a mom, let alone someone that has special needs, like anytime you say my child can come work out and be like, sign them up. Right. I know. <laughs> it I know. gives, it gives the parent some sort of like just time to, even if it's just connecting with other parents, but just to actually take time for themselves, which I feel mm -hmm. is so important. Absolutely. So one of my questions I have for you today is where do you get your inspiration from? Is it certain people? Is it what you read? Is it what you watch? Yeah. So love that question. I get inspiration from just about everywhere. Um, what I, I, I love to learn. So I take different courses. I read a ton. Uh, I listen to podcasts and I'm always soaking in information. Um, there's definitely people, mentors in my life. Like uh, I think you should always invest in yourself and mentors that has taught me so much. I will say that it wasn't until I was able to do all of those things and yet also have silence in my life that you can truly feel inspired. 
So you can only fill your brain like so much. <laughs> um, but I always tried to fill like every moment with like, if I, this goes back to my like type A perfectionist type of thing, um, high achiever personality, but that I'm trying to break through. <laughs> Um, but it was like, if I wasn't filling every moment of my day of, with like learning something or doing something that was like improving my life or the life of somebody else in some way, I always thought that had to have like an action with it. Um, that like I was learning a lot, but I wasn't necessarily like, it wasn't inspiring to me. It was when I really started to add more play and slow down and do my meditations. Like it's actually the slowing down that inspires me the most. That's when we have our best ideas. Like you, you, we all, we, we know that our best ideas come to us when we're in the shower and we're not thinking about anything or we're on a walk and we're like, Oh my God, just had the best idea of my life. Um, it's never when you're trying to think of something that it happens. So I would say that a lot of my inspiration comes from allowing myself to just slow down and be present and, be in the moment. And that is one of the hardest things to do, especially if you're one of those, like I can totally relate where you just want to go, 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 because, you know, we were wired to always be like, the more you do, the more successful you'll be. And we were never told, you know, slow down, take a moment. And still slowing down is one of the things I struggle with and not having to worry about like getting all the checklists done. Like I'm a very checklist person. Love like, checklists. <laughs> Love them. But yeah, like it's that it's amazing to me because I um and so many of us have grown up with that. Like you to be successful, you have to work really hard, you have to work super long hours, you have to go, 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 you have to show up and be perfect. Like you have to constantly be striving for more. And if there's one thing I've learned is that those people, including myself, are the least happy people you will like, maybe on the surface, they seem okay. And they seem like they've got it all together. But underneath they're crumbling because they've, they've done all the things they've checked all the boxes, and yet they still feel as if they are um, disconnected uh, completely because they aren't focusing on the one thing that's actually going to make a difference and they've lost who they truly are. And that was like who I, I had no idea who I was. Like I was Andrew's wife. I was a entrepreneur. I was in um, high achiever. I was, I was all these labels, but I did not know who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I would do with my time if I wasn't stressed out <laughs> trying yeah. to like accomplish something. Um, so yeah, like I didn't, that was, that was really hard for me. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to kind of take a step back for me. Like I had to like try different things. I'm like, what do I even like anymore? Like, what do I want to do with my free time? And it kind of felt awkward and uncomfortable to be like, Oh, I no longer like this. And I'm going to go buy rollerblades cause they're super fun even though they're childish and, or people think they're for kids, they're not, they're for adults. And it was just it. interesting of like taking a step back and finding out who you are, which I feel like so many people 
don't take the time because we often are like, well, if we take the time, we're losing out on something else. And then it's just this vicious cycle. Um, And it's like this external validation. Like you, we were taught that you don't matter. Um, It's what everybody thinks about you that matters. And that's where like, and it's funny, it's just, just, it's not really funny, but, um, but again, like that's where we, and this is the thing is that I got so sick and tired and this is why I had to remove myself from a lot of the, uh, nutrition, like some of the nutrition space and some of that, because they could not handle any longer women being told that the key to their happiness was changing their bodies. Um, and that the key to their confidence was being smaller. And I was just like, that's not where any of this comes from. Like, how can we keep telling people that once they're, you know, 10 pounds lighter, this or that, like, that's where you have to, that's not where confidence comes from. That's not how you figure out who you are. You figure that out through, like you said, experimentation and like, oh my gosh, it's been so freaking freeing lately that you take away the shoulds or the have tos out of your life. And it's like, oh, I don't, I don't have to do this type of workout. So like recently for me, it's been a whole path of rediscovery. So I'm like, what do I, like I wake up in the morning and I don't have a program, which I love programs because I'm like, right. I'm like, I don't have one. I have like, actually I have like three and I wake up in the morning and I'm like, what do I feel like doing today? And sometimes that's a 20 minute dance video where I look like a total, like, I look hilarious. It doesn't matter though. Do it anyways. Um, sometimes it's a run, which I told myself forever. Like I hate running. Yeah. And, but then when you all of a sudden like strip away the stopwatches and the time yes. like competition, I'm like, Oh, I actually like getting up in the morning and going for like a two mile jog where I don't have to focus on like being under a certain time or this or that that's actually really enjoyable for me. And then maybe I'll hit like a 30 minute workout or maybe I'll go paddleboarding or maybe I'll do like, it's been so fun to be like, I don't have to do anything. I just am going to choose to do what feels good to me today and what my body is telling me it can handle. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So we're going to transition to rapid fire. And for these, for these questions, just the first thing that comes to your mind you'll, you'll blur it out. So are you ready? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Favorite food? Chocolate chip cookies. Oh yes. Biggest pet peeve? (sighs) Being late. Biggest fear? Oh, snakes. Best day of your life? Ah, every day. I don't know. I don't have, I like that answer. Who inspires you the most in your life? My husband. One thing on your bucket list. Um, one thing on my bucket list. Um, 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 I've always wanted to go to Fiji. I don't know why. Favorite, (laughs) favorite quotes. Uh, there's nothing about a caterpillar that makes you believe it'll become a butterfly. Ooh, I love that. What gets you excited about life? The 
possibilities. Um, yeah, I guess. What lessons in your life did you learn the hard way? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the big one is, uh, <laughs> no, um, is before you can truly love anyone else, you have to love yourself unconditionally. I love that. That's so powerful. Like I, oh yes, I can resonate 100% with that. And the last one is what are you most grateful for? Um, in this moment, I'm grateful to be here. Um, I really have been trying to like, just be in the moment and be present. Um, and I think that when you can do that, you realize that every moment is like something to be super grateful for. I love that. Thank you so much, Stacy, for being on. So tell us where can people find you? What do you have going on? Anything that you want to share? Okay. So I hang out mostly on Instagram. So Stacy, uh, S T A C Y underscore Geisel, um, G I S S A L at, so that's on Instagram. That's where I mostly hang out. You can go to my website, which is stacygeisel.com, um, to look up some things. I have, um, a few things that I, one, I have like a 14 day challenge that, I would love to give all the listeners for free. Uh, it has, it's 14 days of there's recipes and there's like a meal plan. There's cause nutrition is still an important piece of my life. It's just not the only piece. Um, it is, there's home workouts, which are relevant for right now. There's still like, even though gyms seem like they're going to come back, there's some home workouts, there's some journal prompts every day. And then a couple other, um, like a checklist of things to kind of get done. So if you use the, promo code podcast. You can get that for free. Um, and I keep an eye out. Um, definitely to, I'm going to be launching my Evolve Beyond Limits Academy. So, which I'm super excited about. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. And it's where I'm really going to lead women down this transformational journey of body acceptance and, um, self-discovery. So like I said, for me, I really want women to live this like healthy, happy, fulfilled life that they're totally obsessed with. Like, I think a lot of times we, it was my story. Like I built a life that I wanted to escape from and I don't want to see people do that. So, um, that's what really my Evolve Beyond Limits Academy will come from. Um, that's what it'll be about. So keep an eye out for that because super fun. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds super exciting. And I'll link all the links in the um, show notes so they can go back and link that. But yeah, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate it. And it was so fun talking to You're you. You're so welcome. Um, yeah. So if you, anybody wants to connect, just feel free. I'm happy to do it. And thank you for having me. It was super fun. Um, just letting me chat all about the things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Stacey, for being on. And for all the listeners out there, if this is, was at any way helpful, please share it. Share it on your stories. Tag me on Instagram and send it to a friend that may need this episode. And until next time, stay inspired and make an impact.